0: What they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm Eastbound just right one bandit run. Keep your
1: foot hard on the pedal. So mind Welcome to Highway Freaks, real truckers, real life. This is visit number thirty-two. I'm Bright Guy, your road dog host, and introducing my road crew. Standing by the blue pylon, it's Long Hauler, G-Man, the Snarl. In Calgary, the mother and son team of Winged Will and Canadian Lady Trucker Janet, and our newest member, the Pink Bombshell, all the way from Washington, D.C., USA. So, welcome, Road Dog Panel, and boy, have we had an interesting week. Uh, tonight, we're going to focus on topics ranging from urban legends of the United States, what's happening in Virginia with trucking accidents and the best chow to chow down on in Virginia. Wing It Will will expose Timu, and what's that all about? And J-Man will talk about the Chickamauga legend. Uh, and, of course, Canadian lady trucker, we won't forget her. Janet talks about the FMCSA report on hours of service. We also have part two. Of the Drew Arnett Strange Advance interview, and we will be featuring eight songs on this podcast, Drew Arnett and Strange Advance. Um, Yeah, my merch's wicked, and uh, we'll get into that. But one thing that has just been mind boggling is if you guys haven't checked out the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover, Arthur Stewart is on it. She is Amazing, 81 years of, wow, (laughs) she, um, wow, I I can't even believe it. She had two months to get ready for this uh, shot, uh, the swimsuit uh, 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 shot, and she, basically what she did is she upped her Pilates for three times a week, she stopped drinking her wine, and she stopped pasta and bread, Uh, she had regular uh, facials, apparently she got like a facial every 40 years. One for every 40 years. And, of course, she's had a complete body wax. Um, the pictures are not uh, retouched in any way. Um, they're incredibly accurate. And, in fact, uh, there's very little airbrushing. Uh, have you, any of you guys seen the picture? No. No, I haven't. No. I do uh, Oh. Well, while I'm talking a little bit about this, just Google it. It'll, it'll blow you out of the water. It really will. Uh, what's her secret? Her secret is having the body of a 50 year old and how she does that is she has no plastic surgery
2: she eats
1: healthy food uh, she has uh, good genes for one she drinks green juice every day vitamins and supplements and um, she also stays out of the sun so she doesn't get the wrinkles and uses lots of sunblock and she also wears a one-piece bathing suit under her uh clothing isn't that crazy and Snoop Dogg, contrary to everybody thinking that he's tapping that, he is not her friend with benefits. Contrary to what everybody thinks. So good for Martha. I mean, eighty-one years old and on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. So what do you guys think of that? Cool. Great. it has been on TV, <laughs> radio. Everybody's talking about it. He's eighty-one years old. You don't normally get a, a swimsuit model that's eighty-one years old and gets on the, the cover of Sports Illustrated. So yeah
3: yeah true okay. i mean and I, I say good I, for I mean, her so i uh, yeah i mean it is good for her i mean let's all That's get us doing it shows that a woman any age thing after 60
1: doesn't mean you you you're, you know everything falls down right like you know she's proof of it so okay it takes a lot of, of money brave. okay okay, yeah. okay. So well, i'm looking
4: at it now actually and it's 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 amazing I would say for her age, I would say. She did
1: good. Yeah. You know, can you imagine think if you were eighty one years old and you know, you attend you you appeared on on uh, uh, a cover of a magazine. You know? Like I mean, as long as you keep everything ho- 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 um, holding up there, you probably you know
4: I, I don't want to imagine it, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it was very well done. Brother. It was very well done. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh,
2: you're
1: welcome. It was. It was well done. I'm very well done. So yeah. what's going on in Calgary as far as the fires go? And this is big news, too, for Alberta. Because they say yeah. Alberta is burning. So uh, well,
5: how bad is this They 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 actually say that it, it's so bad down here that it's, uh, we have uh, some of the worst air pollution, like air quality, in the world right now. Um, there's There's a whole bunch of... Um, sulfur and and um, metals in the sky now, and it's it's this is why they've advised all the pregnant women and um, children to you know stay inside. But you know, obviously people get cabin fever, so you know, so it, uh, the odd times you'll see the uh, the mom and you know son outside gardening, which like I mean I don't know why because I, I go outside and I choke, but um, there's over like. In total, um, there's over, I think, a hundred thousand hectares on fire right now. But the one, yeah, the, the ones I think that, that that were really affecting us were the ones that started on Monday. Um, I went out to Kelowna, and you could already start to see the smoke. Um, it, it it didn't like it, it wasn't in Calgary by the time we got back. So sometime around like Monday, Tuesday, it really started getting bad, and it's still like. I mean, we, we had a little bit of a. I think it's a southwest wind um, take majority of it out, but we don't get any. We won't see rain till Sunday now, and yeah. today's Thursday. And until
3: that rain comes, we're stuck with this.
5: Yeah, and and we got like three days of cool, but I mean, right now it's it that doesn't help us at all.
3: Yeah. I mean, the closest fire is just west of Red Deer. To uh, give I, I actually, anybody an idea that's like ninety miles away from us. It goes all the way up to the Northwest Territories.
5: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually kind of sounding a little bit selfish right now because, like, we live in Calgary and we're we're affected by the smoke. But there's so many people that uh, had to um, move from their homes. They they were displaced, and you know, there there's a lot down there that actually you know uh, had to get a lot of medical treatment because of are asthma. So, I I mean, I, I'm kind of, on, on the flip side, glad we're in Calgary, right?
3: Yeah, today's the first day in three days that I've been able to go outside, uh, suffering from asthma, even just to let the dogs in and out of the house to go to the bathroom, just, yeah, was not a good thing. I mean, there's 17 yeah. communities right now that currently today that have been evacuated. And then of course where
1: there's smoke there's fire and we have an election with our yeah. premier Daniel Smith and Rachel Hillary Clinton Notley trying to get her butt back in office. So um you don't know much about that, Pink, but uh we, we uh we have an interesting uh set of politics let's say, in Alberta that wouldn't come close to you guys. The only thing we both can agree on, that we have both morons running the country, uh, such as, uh, you know, Ch- dumb Castro, and um, uh, well, I don't know how we'll call Biden. So, um, well, you're not a Biden supporter, yeah. but <laughs> so uh, what's going on in the woods there, Pink?
4: Well, uh, you know, I stay in Virginia, um, and being in the Mid Atlantic section of the country, the uh, you know, weather is very bipolar. Regardless of you know what's happening, whether it's in winter, fall, summer, or you know spring, but you know lately it's been kind of bipolar, going from as low as 65 to as high as uh, 90 in the last two weeks. So you know what you have to really you know, living in the D.C. area, you have to actually, you know, watch the news so that you know when you walk out of walk out of your door, you know what to expect. Because you, you know, you walk out and like, oh, you know, whatever, just go out. But then next thing you know, it's like 90 degrees outside. So it's just been bipolar. But as you know, Virginia residents, uh, it's just quite amazing what people do. I mean... Especially like in the, you know, in the winter, one flake of snow comes down the whole township. You know, one rain drop from the heavens and the whole township's down. So it, it's just crazy, and the weather here in my area is just something that drives people nuts. So other than that, I think it's just
1: you know your typical stuff. So I got to ask you something um, because they say this: Is Virginia for lovers? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh well, depending on who's reading them, um, depending yeah, cool. on how one defines that, but I guess it is. But.
1: Okay, <laughs> I always see the sign, so you know it says Virginia's for lovers, so I just thought I'd ask somebody that's a Virginian. So there you go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm personally a lover myself, but yes, I would say yes, it is, it is the state for lovers.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, and Jay, where are you today? I don't know. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Just give me a second.
6: I gotta uh, Google where the gotta I gotta hate, Google where gotta the hate hell hate I am. Feeling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> gotta hate that Gotta hate that feeling. <laughs> I know I'm. I know
6: i I do know that I am
1: close to Phoenix. I'm in Morristown, Arizona. Oh, Okay. More so, like more like Moron Town. All right, so um, I'm in Crosser, Washington. That's where I am. Um, I uh, uh, made it all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, Bandit got to see Uncle Chuck. He was quite excited. He hasn't seen him for quite some time. We had Mexican food, and uh, it was uh, quite a cool experience. But, uh, yeah, I'm on my way back to uh, Canada, and going to see the grandchild there. Uh, Probably in Langley, D.C. So let's get into our topics. Um, and I, of course, we are going to put Pink on the stage right away. And now, it's time from Washington, D.C. Introducing the Pink Bombshell.
4: Hello, Freaks. This is my debut here on Highway Freaks. This is my first night with you guys, and I am so excited. I wanna talk to you guys about the fight in Virginia trucking accidents. I've read this in an article from Califus and Magnum, which is a law office for injury and disability lawyers. So this article was posted in January of 2023, and I'll just read you a few paragraphs on, on this article. So it says that recent reports from the Virginia Department of Transportation the number one cause of trucking accidents in Virginia is high truck traffic on its highway. Most trucks mean more accidents because they take longer to stop and require more space to maneuver. Interstate 181 is the longest in Virginia, carrying an average of 26% trucks. And in some sections near Roanoke and Winchester, it's even 35%. Accident rates in the many areas of I 81 are relatively high compared to statewide averages because of its high truck traffic. At least half of all Virginia college students, with families and tourists, share 181 with large trucks and other commercial vehicles. As trucks are larger and heavier than most passenger vehicles, they can cause more damage when they collide with other smaller vehicles. One of the reasons, there are five reasons here. One is pressure on truck drivers to make a quick delivery. Two, fatigued truck drivers. Three, improper maintenance of commercial trucks. Four, unqualified truck drivers. Unsafe driving practices by truckers. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's latest report, an estimated of 439,206 crashes involved large trucks in 2020. In this collisions, around 146,000 people were hurt and 4,900 people killed. The bulk of these killed people were occupants in other vehicles accounted for 71% of fatality in large truck crashes. As vital as it is for large truck drivers to understand their vehicles and acquire adequate training and certification, other road users must also learn how to navigate around big rigs safely.
3: Here are some
4: tips for safe maneuvering around them. One, Avoiding blind spots in one of the easiest ways to stay safe along large trucks. Two, don't tailgate. Three, maintain a safe distance between your vehicle and a truck to react and stop. Four, do not cut in front of a truck or make an unsafe maneuver across its path. Five, be mindful of the truck making the right turn. And lastly, practice safe driving and defensive driving. So, with that being said, though, from you guys listening to us um you know in in our podcast, you know highway Freaks and all of our panels um what were some of the experiences that you have had um in your in your experience um or what state or what area um have you experienced uh one of the you know one of the most challenging communities that you've had?
3: Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna
6: say, I was just gonna say uh, L.A. or New York, New York yeah. City. New York City is just insane.
3: And if we're talking Canada, it's wow. gotta be a toss up between Vancouver and Toronto. I would say uh, is that, Toronto is, is worse. Toronto is probably worse because you got twelve lanes across. <laughs> yeah. It's like L.A. It's very much like L.A.
4: In Canada, is there something like, yeah, I would imagine those, you know, those areas because they're heavily populated, New York, you know, Chicago, L.A. Um, What about Florida? Has anyone been to Florida?
3: Yeah, I've been to Florida. I do know that um, we can get a ticket if we move over for someone coming on or coming off an on-ramp. So, yeah, I've had people yell and scream at me for not moving over, but... I was told by the police down there, no, they're going at a faster speed than you. There's no reason for you to move over for them. Yeah, but they're usually not yeah. going
6: faster than you.
3: I know, but their speed no. limit, like California, you've got the split Yeah, split, speed. yeah. And, I mean, personally, I think split speeds are more dangerous. Oh, yeah, they're stupid. The, you know, it just... Well, for those, you,
4: for those of you who are in Canada any any comments on this like as far as what kind of challenges or uh, what you are aware of as far as accidents in Canada? oh we still have
3: it up here too um i mean it's just not to the extent that we see down in the u.s uh you still have the idiots it doesn't matter where you drive you still got the idiots that cut you off or because they don't want to be behind a truck um they'll pass you on the highway on a two-lane road and then once they get past you they'll slow down and it's all because they just don't want to be behind you you know yet you're going the speed limit and then you got to slow down because they've pulled that crap on you so yeah it's not much different in in my
4: area in my area because i live in the washington dc area it's very heavy it's metropolitan um i don't see a lot of these accidents in my area because it's you know, it well in relation to DC where I live, trucks are not allowed to go through DC. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um,
4: so some some of the truck trucking accidents that happen here is like southern southern Virginia, you know, middle section of Virginia, but not in northern Virginia where I live. So yeah. and, and down there is usually, you know, like the like what you're saying about speed limits. I think speed limits for regular cars, like 75, yeah, um, and then it drops down to like 45, and it's just this constant
3: change in speed, and yeah, that may be causing some of these accidents. Oh, quite likely. You know, you get a sudden change in speed. Suddenly, someone realizes, oh, maybe I should be going slower and not paying attention, and yeah, or you. Driving you somewhere know, like Seattle where they've got the varying speeds, but, you know, suddenly you're driving through and the speed will suddenly drop from 60 to 40, right? Right. That just causes all kinds of problems, you know, and everybody figures, oh, and, let's get past everybody and then cut in just before you got a turn, you know? And, and you know, from I'm a, I'm a DC native and
4: DC is known to be one of the rudest city in the U.S., and one of, one of the instances is about road, and this is something about being behind a truck, and being a D.C., people in D.C. want to get to work, wants to get on time, they want to get to they, they to get to Starbucks and their, get their coffee, so there's always this mindset of, of being in a hurry, and so yeah. when they get in their car and on the road and being on a truck Ding, ding, ding. The first thing that comes to mind is, I don't want to be behind the truck. And so yeah. uh, that, that needs to change. You know, we share the road with truckers. And so uh, people need to try to change their mindset. Like, if you don't want to be late at work, you know, hey, get up early.
3: Yeah. Exactly. You know, get up 15 minutes running. earlier. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Most, most of the accidents, yeah. I can almost guarantee you, especially in cities. It's a is as a result of somebody's poor planning, as far as their their trip to work or over to the store or whatever they happen to be doing. It's poor planning. And and the other thing too that we hear it also in
4: DC, you know, I, I have to look into it, but like you know, the the, the age of uh, of people that are that are involved in this accident, which whether they're you know, teenage drivers or, you know, in their 20s, 30s and whatnot. Um, That would be one interesting part of this report to see what the age group, you know, because in Virginia, we're all lawful citizens and whatnot. And, you know, they get their kids 17, 18 to get their license. And they're out on the road driving without really understanding what the roads are. Um, And not, you know, it's not like you get in the road and this is yours. You're the only one on the road. Um, yeah. so that will be an interesting twist in this report, just to see what the age demographic is on the first accident. Oh, I, I well, know that, that, that is, is my topic. topic. Yeah.
1: Well, no wonder of you are guys are lovers. You're all getting Randy on the highway. Like, come on. <laughs> 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 yes.
4: Yeah, definitely so. But, um, yeah, that's my topic for tonight. but I'll, I'll have, uh, you know, more interesting topics next week. Back to excellent.
1: That's excellent. That's the, you know, um. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the J-Man. I know he's definitely want to talk about this uh, Chukamagwa. Is that how it's pronounced? J? Chukamagwa. Thank um, you. What is that? Uh,
6: of Georgia and uh Tennessee in the northwest of uh Georgia, southeast of Tennessee, near near um oh what's the name of the town? Chattanooga. It's it's very close to Chattanooga. Now um it was the site of the most of the second most deadly battle in the Civil War next to uh um gosh shit. I can't even think of the name of it. Now we were both there. Uh, Gettysburg, Um, 34,000 plus people were killed, injured, or missing in three days of fighting here. Um, The bodies were uh, hastily, very hastily buried. Uh, Some of the uh, uh, bodies were stacked uh, six six to eight feet high uh, during the battle. Um, Now, it's is very haunted now but we go back and we gotta go back before uh the civil war uh the cherokee that inhabited the area uh i can't pronounce the name of it because i don't speak cherokee but it basically uh us white people we called it chickamauga that's what we uh, brought it down to and what it means in in cherokee is river of death now it's always been a haunted area um now after the Civil War, of course, both sightings are very, very prominent in this area. People even after the Civil War, uh in the eighteen eighties, people were hearing uh, uh screams of uh people that were that sounded like they were wounded or they were hearing cannon fire. Uh but the most famous there's two famous ghosts, um, or spirits, I should say. One is of a headless general. Now this guy, apparently, he's uh, hasn't been seen all that much, but there has been sightings of a of a of, of a man on a horse without a head galloping through the through the trees. Uh, not only have visitors seen it, but the park rangers have seen it. But the most famous is Old Green Eye. Now this one's spooky. Um, he has these greenish orange eyes that glow that glow um some people have uh, claimed he looks similar to like a sasquatch uh other people say that uh he has long straggly hair and uh some people believe that he's a dead soldier, but going back, the Cherokee talk of old green eyes and they describe him as a Kind of like a, uh, like, kind of like a, look, like what we would see is like Bigfoot, but it has long, long, scraggly hair, and it has fangs, and it has a sinister laugh. Now, during the bat, during the, at the end of the battle, um, there were documents from soldiers claiming to hear a sinister laugh on the, bo- on, when they were collecting the dead and burying the dead. So it's a, it's a really, uh, there's a really good book. Uh, ri- written about old Green Eyes there, uh, by a uh, a guy that was a uh, a ranger there for 25 years. He he had a he had a run in with it, and it scared the bejesus out him. Uh, he saw a man um walking. Just, it was after hours, and as it walked, as it got closer to him, he noticed these glowing eyes, and when it it just walked by him. It didn't. It didn't do anything. It just walked by him and then and looked at him and had an evil grin. And uh, then it just kind of disappeared. And he writes about it in his book. Scared the shit right out of him. I mean, what me do, right? But uh, it's very haunted. It's a ghost hunter's paradise. Uh, it's gotten so popular with uh, ghost hunters now. They have to patrol the area at night now to keep people from. Coming into the park after hours before, it was just, everybody would just go home and you could basically do whatever you want. They can't do that anymore. It, too much damage is being caused. Because uh, with people, you've got, well, look at, look at what we run into. The lovely people that get us kicked out of everywhere. Garbage, damage, and stuff like that. So that is definitely a place I want to go to. I want to I go and check this place out.
3: That sounds like a cool place to
6: go to. Yeah, I really want to go there. Uh, I've been reading about it for years. Um uh like I've been to Gettysburg and that place just gives me the that place just makes your skin crawl.
3: I'd love to go to Custer's Last Stand. Big crow. Uh yeah,
6: I've been there. Um I haven't been to the grave to the to the to the the grave site. Um
3: Yeah, I'd love to go up on the hill.
6: Uh, apparently it's very very interesting. But Virginia, Virginia's also got quite a few battle battle sites too that I'd like to go and see. Oh yeah. Oh you guys got battle sites.
4: Oh, on yeah. The place. yeah. Uh one of the famous ones here in Virginia is the um Bull Run, uh, Virginia. And they yeah. you know, I used to live um five minutes from the battleground and they literally still have uh the place kind of walled up and one of the one of the old ones, uh old kind of this all the house-looking thing still there. And what I've heard, you know, in relation to what you're saying about ghosts <laughs> and stuff, it's like, it's, I think some people who have driven that road, that there's, like, this two-lane road, and they've seen some apparitions of something like that. So I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll entertain the idea that it's a possibility, that I've oh. seen some, you know, apparitions of, you
6: know... Who doesn't like a good uh, ghost story, though? Exactly.
4: You
1: know, <laughs> I don't know,
6: but like I mean, that just uh, I don't know. Just kinda, I don't know. I don't know. If, I've, I've I've never seen a soldier walk by me with a with a with a with a musket, so um, I don't know. I can't say, but uh, it, it it piques your interest, you know, oh, especially sure. the history, especially the history involved.
3: Oh,
4: definitely. So come on down to Virginia and experience it firsthand. Oh.
6: I, you know, I've been,
4: I've been through uh,
6: up and down the 81 uh, countless times, and it's just, you know, you just never get the, t- you don't have the time, right? You just, you're, you're always on a, you know, you gotta go to deliver, or you gotta go and pick up, and you gotta get back to deliver. You, know, you just don't have time to go sightseeing, right?
3: Um, unless you're Brian. <laughs> unless you're. Brian. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd
4: probably.
1: it make the time. Yeah, well, I mean, I probably should, um, but... Hold on here, hold on here. What's that supposed to mean, Janet? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I seem to remember you left before me, and it took you 24 hours longer to get to the same place.
1: Uh-huh. So what are you getting at? Hey, oh well, you.
3: Sister sightseer.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Mister
3: vacation planning driver.
1: <laughs> hey, I I still did one hundred twenty five thousand miles, so I must be doing something right. So well,
3: we might you have done one hundred thirty five thousand. When you catch up to my fourteen thousand miles a month on an E log, then we can talk. Oh. <laughs> wow! With, with, I might add a governed truck
1: <laughs> right right yeah well in, in my defense I don't take a half hour I don't take a half hour dinner in a shower and walk my dog all in 30 minutes I'm just not superwoman <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's right, I am Superwoman. <laughs> yeah, you
1: are, absolutely. Hey, great topic, Jay, as always. So um, we're going to take a break. We've got a, another song coming up from Strange Events as well. And um, this one here actually is called Running Away, which I should be from Janet in five seconds.
0: I search for my soul, you destroy me with fear
3: on the HOS changes. Um now they did the the changes came into effect in twenty twenty for the new HOS regulations. Um but they haven't shown a significant difference in most crash related metrics according to the FMCSA. After changes took place, Congress directed FMCSA to study the effects. And in a recently released report, effects largely were inconclusive, partly due to the pandemic, I guess. Um, No significant difference in crashes or fatality rates. Uh, FMCSA suggested analyzing only those that took advantage of the new HOS provisions and excluding those exempt from the pandemic. Um, As we know, some companies were exempt. They were allowed to run over the standard HOS hours. Now, the ELD report they did, Um, There was compliance, uh, which has improved since 2017 mandate. Sorry, dog bark moving in the background. Um, Compliance improved since 2017 mandate, but not clear as to whether the compliance has led to improved highway safety. Um, While doing inspections, 0.77% yielded at least one HOS violation in December of 2021, which was down from December 2017, which was at 1.19%. FMCSA say that there's also lack of clear answers due to unexpected variables for determining improvements upon safety. Based on number of crashes... It's difficult to argue um, any significant improvement on the highways. So that's what most of us already figured. And the National Highway Safety or Traffic Safety Administration um, overall traffic fatalities was down in 2022, but still up since 2017. So that's my topic.
6: Well, when it comes to the when it comes to the government, I I, I never expect to get a straight answer to, out of them anyway.
3: Exactly. I mean, the ELD, you know, we all knew that it was, I mean, a joke. Uh, well, although there are there are benefits to it because now you can say to your dispatcher, sorry, I can't, you know, I, I just can't go any further, right? Right. Uh, right. But, uh, I mean, as far as the rest of it goes,
6: yeah. Well, you, you just can't tell me that... Uh, um Accidents haven't changed since uh, ELDs have been in, in, in
3: place. Exactly.
6: Um, you know, you, I'm not that dumb. I mean, come on, you're you're racing the clock. The second you start, you're racing that clock.
3: Yeah. So, oh yeah, and I mean, you've only got X number of hours to finish your day it, from the day you start it. Exactly. You know, uh, you can't take a break or a nap without it affecting your miles for the day. As far as the ELVs go, yeah, it's just they're not flexible enough to work with the way we've got to work. And They've already proven that it doesn't fix the problem. (laughs) The problem is training. The problem is experience. You know, sending green drivers out with little to no experience, little to no training. You know, it just...
6: Well, you know, it, it, it just it, it just goes to show you, um, you know, trucking's a hands-on job. It is. Any, wa- any way you slice it. And these bureaucrats can't see past the classroom.
2: Yeah.
6: Now, you can play with these simulators all you want. Um, they're, To me, they're just a video game. Uh,
3: yeah. Now, uh, mind you, there are, you know, a lot of the larger companies that offer um mentorships or I, i'm not sure what they call it in the US i know up here it's a mentorship program but even at that i i know of specific US companies which i won't name um that take somebody you know that's got maybe 6 months experience put them the, behind the wheel as an instructor or a mentor oh yeah oh yeah. And that's not enough time i mean I worked for a company back in ninety four. I won't say which one, one of the big ones here in Canada, and um, uh, that was my situation. I had, mm, well, definitely not the experience on a on a dry van or a reefer, but um, yeah, it, it. And they put me up as a trainer because they had <laughs> nobody to train the women. You know, you it's know?
6: funny. I can remember. Um, Companies like Safeway, when Safeway was around, when Safeway was actually Safeway. Before yeah. uh, um, before the
3: merger, yeah.
6: Yeah, they had, they were, they were called some of the McDonald's something. Yeah,
3: um, McDonald's Consolidated.
6: McDonald's Consolidated, that's it. Yeah. Ten years, you were still considered a rookie.
3: Yeah.
6: If you were at a driving school, well, just don't come to us because we're not hiring you. You yeah. had to have ten years.
3: I know, I remember
6: before they would even talk to you. Yeah. And it, you know, then the government stepped in. It, it's actually, you cannot advertise for a driver and say um, over two years. It's frickin' law. You can't. It is, the, it, the federal government got involved. because and that's
3: ridiculous.
6: Well, it's because the driving schools were complaining. They couldn't get yeah. companies to take their, their students. Well,
3: Well, I... I'm- but I mean, when I I I got my license back in '92, and I mean I I remember, you know, fighting to try and get some you know a job somewhere, and I mean I was well over the age required for the insurance restrictions because yeah. back then they were 25, and you know there were guys that were 18 coming out of the driving school right behind me, and they were getting hired left, right, and center, but they would not even look at me. Yeah, well. And I just shook my ass. I mean, I ended up having to buy a truck to get into the into the industry as a rookie with no experience. Cuz I could get a job if I owned my own truck. Oh, yeah. But I well, couldn't okay. get a job. Couldn't get a job with a company as a company driver.
6: Yeah, well, see. I I I had a leg up, so I really can't really say. Yeah. Um, the a lot of companies, a lot of carriage companies what they were doing back in the Back in the eighties, um, if you were at a driving school, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't care. They, they yeah. didn't care if you had a, they didn't care if you had a class one. Here's the keys to the little courier van over there, <laughs> you know, and they made you work your way. <laughs> yeah.
3: They
6: did. They made you prove yourself, and yeah. in a, in a way, it was good because. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean,
3: I mean, yeah. I had I had to really prove myself because yeah. not only was I female. Back exactly. Then. And then you add in, I didn't want to pull no reefer, or no dry van. I wanted to get right into the the dirty work, you know, the flatback. And yeah, I mean, I I proved myself for years. Yeah.
6: See, we did know? it. We did we did everything. You never you never knew what you were doing from one day to the next. Yeah. Uh, I I could be. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, you could be on reefer Monday. And you can be hauling explosives on Tuesday,
3: yeah, and I mean, I worked for a company like that as well, you know, yeah. and it
6: was great, it was great like
3: yeah
6: um it was it was it was great experience,
3: oh, yeah, it's a variety, I mean, but the thing
6: amazing. the thing the thing I absolutely hated, I still hate it, I won't do it, um is tanker, I hated it, I found that the most boring, stinking job um you're standing around most of the time,
3: yeah,
6: you know i hated I mean.
3: I hauled grain, I didn't mind it. Um, I loved the people I worked with, like, you know, uh, at the different um, grain elevators and the farmers and everybody that I dealt with. Uh, I just, uh, after I took a fall off the top of one of those trailers, I went, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Land on the concrete, nobody around, you know, because a lot of times you're loading and unloading by yourself. And uh, yeah, it's just oh I mean that kind of stuff would never be allowed nowadays. Oh hell no. You know? You wouldn't be allowed to be unloading your your product without somebody there, just in case, right? Yeah, there was lots of stuff that happened back then that should have never happened. <laughs> you know. Yeah,
6: but you know it's a brave new world, that's all I can say. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's all about getting asses in the seat and making the truck payments. It's all it's like, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that is why they are grabbing drivers from everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you know, that's why you're seeing so many. Uh, I call them import drivers, but um, you're getting drivers from every part of the world.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Because
6: and it's just to fill the need. Yeah. Just to fill the need. You
3: yeah. Know? Exactly. And.
6: You know, so I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't know what the answers are, but uh, the way the government's going is the wrong way.
3: Oh, I have to agree there. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's on both sides of the border, you know. Oh, it is. The more they The more they stick their hands into it, you know, especially if they've never been behind the wheel. It's just like a dispatcher who's never been behind the wheel trying to tell you how to do your job. It just, it doesn't work.
6: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, politician knows knows about as much about trucking as I know about stealing exactly you know you know
3: well I mean look at our uh, transport minister nice. that was good answer okay so I'll, I'll uh, let you talk about
1: Kimu uh, before we do that well though we're gonna play one more song from strange events and it's a perfect day
0: ride as they ride on a cowboy's birthday the sun is up to shine and it shines like a diamond blinding won't be long now this won't take long
5: Um, but now we got you or Not, and it's uh, his music. I, I don't know if you've heard it, but it, um, some of his music hits home for me. Anyways, um, I'm going to touch a little bit on um, an app called TEMU. It's uh, spelled T-E-M-U. It was widely advertised at the Super Bowl and many other places, saying that, uh, you know, Basically making false claims, saying, shop like a billionaire, right? <laughs> well, so, for the people out there using the app, if they're wondering if it's real or fake, it is real in a sense that you can buy things and they will get to you, but you'll be lied to about what the product is and the quality of it, right? So, uh, like, for instance, if you go and buy a gold chain, it's probably going to be um, painted gold, you know? Um it's just like it it it's a really bad idea. And to add insult to injury, um if you if you do a simple legal, I might add, um uh I guess resource search on the application itself, Timu, uh, you will find that not only is it owned and operated by a Chinese company, but there's a little bit of shadiness going on there too as they collect information uh, including but not limited to your contacts, your uh, SMS, text messages, which, I, I mean, a lot of people are familiar with, with uh, Facebook for that reason. Um, but this app just, like, I, I, I don't know, just became, like, really popular over the last year. And what it does is it um, it asks you for permission on your phone. So I don't know if you've, you've ever paid attention when you're downloading Facebook, right, or Twitter or whatever the app may be. It'll ask, uh, you contacts, ask you for permission to go into your contacts, ask you for permission to go into your location, ask you for permission to do all this other stuff, right? So they collect the information, and then they use that information to target ads at you. And they're all like, <clears throat> I guess uh, the tools are all third- third-party tools. There's, I'm not going to mention what these tools are because they can be used for nefarious reasons, but I will say that uh, these tools uh, are 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 not only tracking but at, at a scary rate um, and, and that, that's kind of concerning uh, seen as you know there's been a lot of talk about uh, China and, and them trying to get information and whatever well <clears throat> if you're using that app they have your information they don't need to go into like an application to it's like hack it. like these people actually believe <laughs> Chinese hackers do like don't don't get me wrong they, China has some of the some of the most powerful hackers on their team, but they don't even need to need to hack your your Facebook, your Twitter, whatever, just to get your information out. And now they got it. Now they're selling it. And um, I did a little bit of research on this, and the link uh, actually had had malware in it at at uh, at the starting of all this. So this is kind of how they got their bad name. There was malware. And, and of course, you know, when you're downloading an app, it asks you for permissions. You're going to give it to that app because you want to use that app, right? But um, that's no different than an exploit. So if you're unfamiliar with an exploit, it's it's how the, quote-unquote, professional hackers uh, get access to systems like servers and stuff, right? So it's kind of sketchy to know that uh, this app started out as a malicious app um, and progressed from there it's also kind of um weird when when you look at how the company is set up because um it is it is owned by one company out of one state but another state had purchased it so it 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 it's almost like a, a like it, it's washed so when you try to um you know find the actual owner it it doesn't go to an owner it only goes to you know uh, a company which is, you know, of course, if if you know how the rich get rich, they literally make a company. They don't put anything in their name because it, wouldn't, like it prevents them from, you know, losing things. So only their company does. And it's, it's basically what's happened with this, right? So a company has been made, and that company has created this now. So uh, I guess a take-home message would be just uh, make sure... You uh, do your research on the supplier. Um, you could use Google, but I don't suggest it. I would more suggest DuckDuckGo.com, as uh, it, it it doesn't censor uh, the crawlers as much, if you know how Google works on crawlers and whatever. But, um, yeah, it it's just, like, it's a very bad idea to use the app at this point. You, you, you'll you go on there and see items like uh, gold chains for $2. $2 and, you know, it, the old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, it's it's uh they're ripping people off basically and stealing people's information. So,
1: can you imagine someone buying a $23 wedding dress?
3: You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that get <laughs> what you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. Another like, wish. like <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking of the redneck wedding, you know? It's like
1: uh well, honey, I'm going to take you out tonight to McDonald's. Can you get some extra fries for the little lady? You know, it's our anniversary. We got the $23 wedding dress.
5: <laughs> 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 yeah, and then watch if you made out a when, cotton candy by the time you get it home. Someone's going to lick it and it's going to dissolve.
4: <laughs> 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 Makes you wonder. That's really. very true. But, but, Will, I mean, this is, this is kind of scary. Um... To know that, you know, because a lot of people, you know, when they're all nice, you know, there's that thing now about cookies that you have to accept and things like that. And, you know, uh, apps that we download on our phones, and a lot of us, I think many of us, don't even read the, what is it called, the terms and conditions. Yeah. And those things, Um, they make it so convenient now to like, oh, do you want to give us permission? Yes or no? Um, But a lot of people don't 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 read that
5: stuff anymore you bring up a
4: scary.
5: Uh, you, yeah you bring up a very valid point I think um actually, in my opinion like i i'm I'm coming from like a like a hacking background, so like a cookie is far worse for somebody to get a hold of than your password. It doesn't matter about about your password anymore, okay so like every time now to put this in into perspective every time you log into something, it sends a cookie back to that website. If someone gets a hold of that cookie, they they uh, your two your FA is gone. Your two factor authentication is just out the window because now that cookie has the information that the two FA had, right? So now they don't have to use or bypass. Well, that's how they bypass two FA is is with that cookie. So yeah, you 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 bring up a very very valid point. And it it is pretty scary because um, a lot of these research on the professional side of things, a lot of this stuff can can just be. All, if they're good enough, all they need is the IP address of the, of the device, and they can just push it through. Because uh, more often than not, uh, they're pushed through ports. Like um, uh, every IP ha- it has a port it operates on, and if that port is open and vulnerable, uh, a, a hacker only needs to open up a, a listener in, 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 in their console, and then you know send the exploit to your device. Well. Then you know people are like, well, how do they have the information? Well, they have the information because you just allowed the contacts and and, and everything else, all the phone information, everything, right? So like they uh, there's there's two things they need in order to do that, which is the uh, the build and the uh, operating uh, the operating system flush version, right? So if they have that, it's, it's it's actually extremely scary because they'll they'll be in inside of of your accounts and, and
4: devices without you even knowing, right? Yeah, no, that's, this is one of the, you know, thank you for elaborating more on that because a lot of people don't understand that. But, you know, just want to think about the age of technology. You know, we want convenience. We we we, we develop technology, but not knowing how to protect ourselves. Uh, but then there are some other companies that offer to say, oh, we can protect your identity, buy our product, and this and that. I mean, that's another conversation all in itself. But um, the the safety of protecting your identity um, is very important. You know, one of the, I think one of the, the the consequences could be like when you look at your credit, for example, you know, that somebody has gotten your identity and then they open up some credit line for all you know. And then next thing you got loans of the yin yang that you didn't even know about.
3: So. You bring, but that's another. That's another
5: subject. Yeah, you bring up a very valid point, actually. Um, even with like, okay, so some people will 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 go on this this whole ideology of like, oh well, they have my credit cards. They they don't have the CVV number. They they don't have this. They don't have that. But here's the thing, like, it, it it's literally. I I don't think people understand how simple this is. Like, uh, there are sites. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which one because you know again nefarious reasons. But um, there are sites where like. Let's say all all I need is is your first and last name and the first three digits of your area code, which would tell me what state you're in, and I could not only grab all your neighbors' information, your SIN number, your credit cards, how much your house is worth, who your brothers are, who your sisters are. So they, they, right, the brothers and sisters, like the family members, they go into that. Well, let, let's let's reset the password. Okay, well. Who is your uh, sister growing up? Blah, blah blah. So if they know that, they can they can completely get past. And it, it, like like your point is is very very valid because they it, it it doesn't just give access to your name and your number. Now they have access to your name, your number, your credit card, everything. Right.
4: Everything. Yeah. But scary out there. Scary. You know. There's. I mean, before this whole online thing, I mean, I know you guys have probably heard this, but like, you know, even stores or gas stations, you know, when you spot your card, in you know, that little gizmo down there, you know, some people actually go in there. I think I've seen one video where some person had gone into a gas station and installed a card reader. On yeah. that thing, a regular person pulls up at the at the you know at the tank, and you know not knowing what they've just done, they swept their car and
2: they
5: you know they've got their information so yeah you know what uh, yeah that's that, that's very true and uh, did you know it's actually easier than that? I actually have a device you can you can uh search it up it's called the hacker f it stands for hack radio frequencies and <laughs> your your chip is a radio frequency your card is a radio frequency. I always suggest people do not enable tap because. Um, that that radio frequency can be picked up and repeated. So if somebody can repeat that frequency when 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 they go to you know if they uh pay a, pay a checkout or or pull out cash, they, they they got your card. They can if there's like they can spend forty bucks on on Amazon to get a a card maker and mm-hmm. they, they can make
4: your own card. You know. Right, they've just cloned just the, you know yourself to you know to them.
1: Yeah, it's, so, yeah,
4: it's crazy. It's scary stuff.
0: I should call some other time. Well, here I am again. I walk the lonesome way, but I, I, it's okay. I watch the dancers through the windows of my eyes. One girl in all the world, I trade my
1: Somebody that actually got hacked uh, to the tune of about eight times in a year on their bank account and had to switch bank accounts. So um, I've had that experience as well. By the way, I'm going to give you an NHL update. And if you can believe it, we're at the end of the first overtime and Florida and Carolina are tied at two. So that is going to be one heck of a dogfight series. So those are for our freaks that are in the NHL Highway Freaks playoff, oh, yeah, which we have going as well. So just before we get into another song, I've got a topic on more of my urban legends as well. Now we were talking about the stain on Colonel Buck's tune there last week. I know Jay was quite intrigued to hear about that. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it's creepy, man. It really is. Uh How the story goes is uh, the tomb of Colonel Jonathan Bucksport, Maine. That's a tough one to say. Uh, Bears a mysterious leg-shaped stain, and how it came to be is uh, Colonel Buck sentenced this woman to burn for witchcraft, because in those days they burned them at stake. While the witch was burning, her leg rolled out of the fire, and it's also been said that. Prior to her burning alive at the stake, the witch cursed uh, Colonel Buck's tomb to always bear a stain for the injustice that was done to kill her. It's also being said that people have tried to get rid of the stain many times by painting over it. But here's the crazy part. The stain keeps reappearing. So there's something really weird there and eerie. Uh, next, we have Chessie the Chesapeake Bay Monster from Maryland. Chessie sightings have been around since the 1930s. The urban legend picked up steam in the 1980s when photographic evidence became more readily available. Uh, Chessie is said to resemble a large snake about 30 feet long, and it's as thick as a telephone pole. Now, this is the one that really fascinated me, and it's got a hell of a story, so if you guys want to Google more of it, please do. But in Massachusetts, there's the Spirit of Hoosack Tunnel or spirit, okay, in the 24-year-long construction of Hussack Tunnel in western Massachusetts, over 100 men have died. Now, the death was so associated with the tunnel that it was actually nicknamed the Bloody Pit. It all started after a gruesome explosion, and either in 1867 or 1868, it's not exactly documented. But back then, 13 miners were trapped inside the tunnel, and apparently the other workers assumed that the miners had died, but eventually, it was discovered that they hadn't. And what they did is they built a life raft because there's flooding in the tunnel. And then they actually died due to poisonous gas inhalation. What a horrible way to die! You know, you get you get one through one, and then you you die in the other.
2: Um,
1: it is these thirteen miners are the henchmen ghosts that haunt the tunnel for years and years to come. In back of June of 1872. The first reported uh, howls of pain and sadness were heard echoing in the long, dark, unfinished railroad passage at that time. It was said that both two railroad r- workers saw the headless apparition. To understand why this railroad tunnel was actually haunted, they don't want has to look at the fact that the passage was originally carved through the Hoosac Mountain Range in the Berkshire Mountains of western Massachusetts. And that was nicknamed a place of rocks by the Algonquin Indians. But the Algonquin Algonquin people, rather, that lived there at the time wanted to basically blow a rather large hole in the mountain so they could run the trains through it to increase commerce, business. Digging big tunnels, though, has always been extremely dangerous. In the mid-19th century, the work done was particularly deadly and slow. Construction began in 1851, and the tunnel wasn't completed until 1815. Low-tech, unsafe conditions, noxious, volatile, flammable gases, and highly unstable explosions claimed the lives of over 190 men. So, um, that's uh, pretty crazy. One more I'm going to talk to you about. It's called The Little Girl on Knock Knock Road. Or we, we wouldn't call her Little Girl, we'll call her The Teenager on knock knock road okay and how this goes it's in michigan and what there was uh, uh originally it's uh a story where a man was taking a babysitter home one night and he was attracted to her and apparently he tried to make a pass at her and she refused him so she kicked her out of the car but she was wearing a dress the dress got caught in the car door and she was dragged by the road to her death and what basically how this breaks down is if you drive down this road especially at night you can hear this knocking on a car window for someone trying to find out who killed her and apparently you can even hear it in the day and many many people have heard it the actual road is called Strasburg road and it's located near detroit michigan and i don't think i'll be driving my truck down that anytime soon um next week we go to minnesota to discover the wendigo okay so what we're going to do is we've got another song from Strange Advance called Flow My Tears. Here it is.
0: Oh It's, it's not clear that I seem to remember you From a lost dream day, from a lost
2: dream year
0: Flow my tears coated. The picture comes back into my mind. It's always dark. And she is always in the headlights beam.
4: eats in every state in the U.S. I'm not going to go through 50 states here, but I want to highlight some of the some of the ones that I found very interesting. Um, I found this one from lovefood.com. So let's start with California. If you are in California, they say that you should visit Wild Horse Cafe in King City. They say that they offer the best chicken fried steak on Highway 101. Um, on the outskirts of King City uh, that serves the southern expires sustenance sustenance for those trucking on the the West Coast. Customers love the corned beef hash and chili verde omelette, while the lunch menu has a wide range of sandwiches, burgers, soups, and salads. Um, they highlight their California Dreaming Burgers with bacon, avocado, and mozzarella. Turkey clubs with green, with cheese, cheese, bacon, ham, tomatoes, and sourdough. And they also have this warm brownie ice cream pie. So some of you guys might like some of this stuff, but some of you may say, ew, that's gross. But moving on, if you are in the Florida area, they say Cafe 27 is one of the best in the Southwest Ranches. They said that they are the wildest place down there, just north of Miami on the Everglades. It is a popular trucker spot. It's also a meeting place for bikers, and it turns into a bar with metal bands at night. So when it comes to food, start with the gator bites, then tuck into a sandwich with mahi served grilled, blackened, or fried. Now, if you are in the Illinois area, Greater Chicago I-55 Truck Plaza in Bowling Brook is a good place. This spot is not, doesn't look much from the outside, but it's a a mom and pop style restaurant that that the truckers love and travelers alike. They also have vintage signs and music posters um, on the wall. And the menu is packed with comforting dishes from fried chicken to biscuits and gravy. The owner is John, his name is John, after the, uh, name after the owner, John, they have this um, John's name, raw uh, ribeye with grilled onions, mushrooms, and jalapenos. Apparently, this is a menu favorite. If you are in Washington State, G.C.'s Family Style Restaurant is what they like. It's in the G.C.'s Truck Stop Toledo. It says here, what a better way to start the day than a, then with a G.C.'s breakfast served at this spot off exit 57 on I-5, there are eggs, hash browns, and toast, plus breakfast meat, pancakes, and biscuits and gravy for something a little less heavy. There are salads, but whatever you order will be huge, and that's why truckers love it. In my own state of Virginia, Joe's Griddle and Grill, located in Harrisonburg Travel Center in Harrisonburg, Virginia, is what they call one of the best ones in Virginia. Virginia Road Tripper should stop in at Joe's Diner at the Harrisonburg Travel Center. This 24-hour diner, it serves rotating daily specials, such as South Doris State spaghetti and pork tenderloin. If you're in a hurry, make sure to order online so you're back on the road in minutes. So those are the ones that I want to highlight to you guys. But let me ask my crew here. Of all of your years of history of driving on the road, tell us your most favorite truck stop and what your most favorite thing to order from the menu.
3: What so is that? Well, um, I know that Big Tex in Amarillo is good. Very, very good. food is amazing. Prices are decent. Um, GCs I've heard is really good as well. Definitely. So I'm not
4: much of an experienced person when it comes to these places, but my question, my, I'm, I'm just out of curiosity. Like, when you go through these truck spots, I mean, do you see any other people in the place other
3: than truckers? What the? Oh life? yeah, Has anybody seeing anybody?
4: I mean, oh yeah,
3: for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, locals people people? Yeah. <laughs>
5: Locals are in there all the time. On, on, on the truck stops, there's there's usually um like like truckers will will definitely go in there, but there's definitely some locals that'll go in there too. And and you, you'll know when like I noticed this. I I was only on the road for a short time, but I noticed you'll you'll notice that the truck stops will be really good when there's a lot of locals there, because you know like obviously locals don't really visit truck stops for you know reasons, but um. When, when when you do get to a truck stop or something of the sort, and there are locals there, they will recommend food to you. And, and man, some of the sort food of is just amazing.
3: Yeah. Well, and there's also Nelson Brothers in Clearwater, Minnesota, and they have their own bakery there as well. And, of course, before Flying J decided to uh, change over to Denny, um, The truck stop, the Flying J in Black River Falls used to be really good. I'm not a Denny's fan, so (laughs) I stopped going to truck stops long ago. I mean, I'd have to say overall, and I can't remember exactly what town, and I feel bad. Um, There was a Petro, and it was, I believe, in Louisiana, and they had the best buffet it was Crawdads, it was all the local mm. stuff from down there, and man, that was good. But do you think I could find a place for I me? would. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, if I was going to be a trucker, thanks for mentioning Louisiana, because I'm a big fan of bone food, um, Cajun food, and things like yeah. that. I would, If I was to become a truck driver, I wouldn't want to be down there. Um I would just be eating myself out with, um, what is that, what is that, um, what is that powder thing that they eat down there?
3: Oh, um, um <laughs> are you are talking it. the, are you talking the Hush Puppies?
4: It's a little ball well, of... It
3: looks, it, looks, it looks like this fluffy
4: with white powder on top. Don't wear the no black shirt when you go there. Um, it's crazy <laughs> and and they're... You know they're, they're famous for their. Um, it's good. It's really good. I mean, I it, it just melts in your mouth. It, it's not a, it's like a it's like um it's not a it's not a meal. It's more like a dessert type of of pastry, which powders sugar on top, and it just melts in your mouth. That's the, that's one thing about Louisiana. You know they're very famous for. I don't think you can get any any of that anywhere else. Um,
3: it's in the US that's what they're known for in yeah. Louisiana, New Orleans. I for I do have to say the uh the smaller mom and pop truck stops although there's not as many of those left anymore but I know running through Louisiana, I did a lot of Louisiana, North and South Carolina's and some of the truck stops I know there is one in Louisiana I went to. It was just a tiny little Shell station uh dirt lot, but you could smell the barbecue for 20 miles. <laughs> it was just so good, you know. <laughs> I worked for a company um, based not only out of Alberta, but out of South Carolina, out of Lexington. And we used to get stuck down there for days on end. And they had this one little barbecue place, oh, less than a mile from our shop. And, oh, my God, the food... And the sir, the I mean, there was enough in one serving. I could take it home for days. You know, back to the truck, I'd have meals for three days.
4: <laughs> just unreal. Oh my goodness.
3: Yeah, and in,
4: cheap. You know, in cheap. Yes, anything south is cheap compared to the ones maybe up, north, you know, the north or mid Atlantic here in, in Virginia. I just yeah. thought about the word it's been beignets. Been so what it is is basically this uh, square piece of dough that's fried and covered in cu- with uh, powdered sugar. So uh, oh, you oh, know, donut, that it's not a you know, yeah, no, I,
3: I yeah, with, it's it's, so it's almost yeah, it's almost like a fry bread, but they deep fry it as opposed yes. to you know yeah yeah, I know what you're talking about right right. right.
4: So that's something that you probably wouldn't find it somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure other states could make their own version of beignets, but, boy, you have to go down there to get really the real authentic beignets. Well, see, so that, if you that's, that's,
3: Google beignets, you'll see what it looks like. That's that's actually the French um, influence in the food, right? Correct. Because right, right. I guarantee up here in Canada you could probably find that in Quebec, almost guaranteed.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, because, you know, obviously Canada has large influence up there. we're going to work on the pylon shout-outs tonight. Because, think you don't know about the pylon shout-outs, but I did explain that last week. Uh, just to reiterate, uh, red pylon is for a lady and a blue is for a man. And if you had somebody that pissed you off, give them a black pylon. Shadows, because that's the one that uh, you can always talk about as well. Uh, also, for our freaks, I do want to mention if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to our Twitter account. Uh, you can uh, type the word Highway Freaks, or you can get it on my Twitter account through Highway Freaks at. E W S, that's Bob Sam underscore Wade, W A B E. So you can get it either way that way. We also have a Highway Freaks fan page on Facebook, and you're welcome to uh, send us uh, some uh, articles or whatever, and we'll get them on there. I know my bidet toilet is on there. I put it on there today. So and we all know what's that wonderful. Oh, you, you, you and your shitters,
3: man. I knew we were in-
1: well, you know was going to be mentioned once. So
3: I knew, I knew hey. we were going to hear the end of that bidet story. Oh my God!
1: No, um, no.
3: I will tell you a
1: funny story. I'll tell you a funny story because uh, it continued right the next day, and I couldn't believe it. Our company had two bidets sitting in um, in Winnipeg, but my God, they were freezing cold water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs>
3: They, they were
1: a bit rude. That. that was a rude <laughs> awakening in the morning.
3: <laughs> Especially if you're yeah. expecting, you know, if you're oh. expecting that nice warm water, and I was like, ah, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing no like the cold stinker.
1: Yep, no doubt. So uh, we got some pylon shoutouts. Let's start with whoever wants to volunteer for a pylon shoutout. J-Man, anybody do good for uh, you this week? You know. Nobody ever does anything nice for me, man. Aww. Nobody. Nobody. Oh goddamn world gets a black pylon! Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just. <laughs> wow. Actually, actually, um, no, I don't have a pylon,
6: shout out. It, but I just, I just had to, I had to do that little comedy bit. Um, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> all right, so, Yeah. Well, i like I like to give a Blue Pylon shout-out to my dispatcher, Thank It has been doing phenomenal, so I, I want to shout-out to him. I did tell him about the podcast, whether he's listening to it or not at this moment, I don't know, but uh, he might download it. So he's been doing some very good work for us, and um, he got me a pretty good trip from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, all the way back to see my granddaughter, because uh, I have this bike on my truck. that's another story (laughs) for another time yes that's definitely another story we're not going to get into that today no we are not going to get into that today today. it's a very convoluted story
6: so um, i just can't uh, can't believe you i just can't believe you stole from a like a salvation army how the hell did you get out of there with a
1: the bike? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, cut <got> it. <laughs> bandit anyway, caused the diversion. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what Brian ran bandit, right? Brian ran yeah, really yeah. fast with his bike. We will we will talk about that on <laughs> podcast number thirty three, our visit number thirty three.
4: So, uh, uh, hey, you got any pylon shout-outs? Blue and red, um, Pylon. Uh, I just a little Pylon on this crew for having me this week for my first debut with the crew and Highway Creek. I think this is a great opportunity. I'm happy to have been with you guys for this week for my first time, and it was amazing. So I just want to give a shout-out to Ellie. We're well, happy to have
1: you. We, 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 we absolutely enjoyed happy having you. you. Yeah. You, you added Thank that... You. that uh, Virginian twist, you lover, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more, th- there, more to go. More to Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into Bright Guys' one-on-one bandwagon with Drew Arnott of Strange Advance. This is part two. Enjoy yourself and have a great week. Welcome to bright Guy's one-on-one bandwagon. So we're back with Drew Arnett from Strange Advance. And um, what I wanted to ask you, uh, Drew, is your connection to Brian Adams and um, your relationship with him. And how did you guys uh, actually get involved with him? Well, you know, Brian lived in North Vancouver. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was telling you about uh, my friends in Sweeney Todd. Um, Nick Gilder was the singer in, in Sweeney Todd, and then he ended up getting a record deal. They didn't want the band; they only wanted him and Jim. So they they ended up hiring a couple of singers at various points to replace him. And at one point, uh, they hired Brian, and um, and he was like a kid. I mean, he was like God knows how fifteen, sixteen. 15 16. He was a young kid, but very, very talented. And very, very focused on succeeding, and um, so you know it was a short-lived uh, thing for him in the band in Sweetie Todd, and uh, but in the meantime he made enough of an impression. As a matter of fact, I've got a, a story about him. Um, we were signed to Capitol Records, and uh, and Dean Cameron was our at that time. He was the the head of A and R, and he went on to become. President of, of 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 Capital Canada. We were actually signed out of Los Angeles, though, but he was our A and R guy. So, and and in Vancouver, there has been one manager who has you know sort of stood head and shoulders over all the others, and that's Bruce Allen. Uh, you know, he had a hand in, in the success of uh, Backman Turner Overdrive, uh, uh I mean, right now he's uh Michael Bublé's manager and, and, and yes, he's managed lots of lots of big acts and um and he was uh he was gonna be our manager. And um anyway, uh Dean Cameron, the the A and R guy from Capitol Records, tells us told me the story about going to Bruce Allens and uh Brian was there and uh and so they're chatting and having a good time, and then finally Bruce says, hey, well, you know, let's go get a bite of lunch. So uh, Dean and and Bruce and Brian all head out to a restaurant and uh, have a nice meal, and then that's that. And, and then later, Dean says, oh, by the way, you know, who is this uh, Brian guy anyway? And Bruce goes, I thought he was with you. <laughs> Brian had just wormed his way into that into the whole thing and uh but that's brian you know he is like he's a fantastic you know uh self-promoter i mean he 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 knows how to get things done and very 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 hard working guy and and he was always like he would call up and you know ask me what i'm doing and and uh and he would play me like the latest song he was working on and i'd play him the latest song i was working on and and He was always very encouraging. And, um, so at one point, uh, we had a mutual friend who was very close with Brian and knew that Brian was wanted to go out and do some dates. Well, in the meantime, he'd signed up with Bruce Allen to manage him and, uh, didn't have an album out or anything, but wanted to go out on tour. So, uh, he does a cross country tour, but he needed a band. And Daryl, at that time, was playing at, at the time that we... He and I were, were writing songs together and doing demos. And um, so he Brian decided to use Daryl's band as his backup band. And uh, so they were out on the road, and, and Daryl would play him from time to time some of our demos. And Brian was quite taken with him and, and said, Hey, you know... Give me a copy of that. I'd like to to play it for someone if you don't mind. So he ended up uh, playing it for Bruce Fairburn, a, a local producer who had like a lot of you know international success. And Bruce really liked it. <laughs> so Bruce uh, remixed one of our demos and and then took it to Capitol Records. And uh, and this was in. Uh, yeah, he took it to Capitol Records to, to our, our A&R guy, Dean Cameron. And uh, the year before that, I'd actually been in L.A., had dropped off tapes. I'd, I'd met with uh, the A&R people in Los Angeles at Capitol. And they have then sent our demos up to Dean Cameron. This story's getting convoluted, I know. Uh, and so when Bruce Fairburn played uh, our demos for Dean Cameron, Dean's like, I already not love these guys. I love this guy. I love this stuff. It's like, you know, but when our demo showed up on his desk, it got separated from the paperwork and he didn't know, you know, who the band was or anything about us, you know. <laughs> so then Bruce Fairman shows up and says, you know, you know, well, here, what, what do you think of this? And, and Dean's like, I love it. Let's go. Let's do it. So, uh, you know, that's how we ended up getting signed uh, to Capitol Records. And, it was primarily just due to Brian Adams. So uh, when we started uh, the first album, uh, Brian came into the studio and sang some backup vocals for us, uh, and uh, it was very nice and helped us out. And so yeah, can't say any better than Brian. So what uh, what song did you do backup vocals on? Um, she controls me. <laughs> it was funny. It's actually it, it, if you listen to the track, she controls me. Um, there's a, whoa, she controls me, but just be, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's all he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, whatever. <laughs> Here's your royalty uh, check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Your 20 cents. So, right. uh. Getting back to your name, Strange Advance apparently it was a mistake. Can you elaborate on how that came about, Drew? Well, anybody out there who's ever started a band knows. It isn't learning songs. It isn't uh, getting gigs. It's the hardest. It's naming your band, because right. you know bands traditionally have three, four, five, six people in it, and everybody's got you know you know what about rotten sticks? It's like mm, I don't like that. And uh, and and the bottom line is it doesn't really matter what you call your band. Uh, you know if the music is good. You know, people just relate to the music, and and you get used to the name. I remember when I first heard uh, Flock of Seagulls, I thought, well, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. Um, Actually, that reminds me of another thing, but I'll just wrap this up. Uh, So we're coming up with all sorts of names. Uh, Initially, we called ourselves Metropolis after the uh, really early... Um, I think it was like the 40s or something, a science fiction film from from Germany, I think, called Metropolis. And uh, but it turned out there was a band in Germany using the name, so we couldn't use that. We're so back to the drawing board. And then finally, you know, uh, somewhere there's a book with hundreds of names all scratched out because you know we all had problems with you know with everything. And then in walks my sister's boyfriend and says, uh, "Well, I heard a pretty cool name." I was listening to the radio, and there's like a, uh, there was a station that used to play old shows from the past, uh, like old reruns of, you know, uh, all, just all sorts of you know radio shows that played in the 30s and the 40s, and it called Strange Advance, and it's like, oh, Strange Advance, and, and Strange and Advance have the same number of letters, and it looked good in print. So finally we were all on board. Okay, Strange Advance it is. And then after uh, we put out the album, I thought I'd better find out what the history of, of the name is, so I can you know explain it to people. So I called up the guy uh, who actually was playing the old radio serials on the, uh, on, the on the radio, and uh, I said, Yeah, you know, what can you tell me about this uh, this old show called Strange Advance? He's gone. I have no idea what you're talking about." And uh, and I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, it was something, and I explained, the sister said, are you thinking of strange events? Um, it's like, uh, there was a show called Strange Events I used to play on the radio. It's like, oh, uh, my sister's boyfriend just misheard it.
6: You know, it wasn't events,
1: it wasn't advance, it was events, so anyway, uh, it was just a mistake all the way around, but uh, worked out well for us. That is cool. Uh, that is that's a really cool way to to name a band when you make a mistake and, and it turns out to uh, get notoriety. Like uh, you, you know, it's like in the in the world of making records, there is nothing uh, nothing more valuable than a good mistake. So many times it's like you know uh, something happens. It's like oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I flew this track in from another song. I, I, I flew in the wrong track, though. It's like, oh, believe it. It sounds perfect. You know, I, I never would have put those two things together. That's fantastic. But uh, getting back to the name, I will say this. Uh, I did not like Flock of Seagulls as a name, but I eventually got used to it. So uh, Bruce Fairburn, our producer of the first album, he would call me up from time to time to go help out on records that he was working on. And, uh, and he asked, would I like to uh, play on an Aerosmith album? Sure, sure. So uh, he sends me some tracks. I come up with some ideas. And I go into the studio. And uh, and Joe Perry and Steven Tyler are there. And, uh, and Stephen says, oh, Bruce tells me you're you playing a band. What's it called? Strange Advance. Strange Advance? That's the stupidest name I've ever heard of. I was like, oh, okay, thanks, Steve, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it just goes to show you, you know, it's like everything sounds stupid the first time you hear it, you know, and, uh, I mean, the Beatles, like, you know, yeah, we want to call ourselves, you know, the slugs, or, or, of course, somebody did, but anyway, anything sounds just ridiculous, and that's why it's so hard to come up with a good name. It's like we, uh, when we were first coming up with this podcast, we had Highway Freaks Computer Geeks. And it got really hard to say. Um, I, yeah, I get it because yeah. in uh, yeah, my computer tech, uh, I want to try to include them in it. But uh, by the 10th podcast, we were having some challenges with it. And, and uh, Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, uh, he was our first guest. And he said, just drop it. Just call, them, call it Highway Freaks. And yeah, so... Yeah. That's what we did. It was very catchy and we came up with the logo and, you know, um it's uh, it's really progressed to uh, you know opening up doors for us uh you know I'm sure you've heard of fist they uh, just jumped on board with us recently and um then uh I connected with bill and 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 then you and and it's it's amazing the doors that are just opening for us now it's That's it awesome. really is awesome. really cool it's really really cool uh, so how did david boy death though it kind of affected you in a way from what i've understood and, yeah uh, it was the way we started. You know, and we did, back in the slam days, we did a lot of David Bowie covers because Daryl loved Bowie and, and could sing in a very similar fashion to Bowie. And, um and so, yeah, Bowie was like a, a big part of our musical makeup. And, uh and then, you know, and, and we followed his career through the years and stuff. And, but, you know, when he died, it was just a a big slap in the face to us, a big wake-up call. It's like, you know, we have sat on Strange Advance for so long and not doing anything with it post the 80s, uh, but we talked about it. And, uh, yeah, one day we should do something. And then when he passed away, it's like, well, we're next, you know. We're the the next generation, you know, and we'll be going soon too, you know. So, if we were ever going to do this, we better do it now. So that that was really the, the thing that just motivated us to actually make this happen. Wait, Drew, you're, you're, you're not the Rolling Stone cage. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, let's face it. The Rolling Stones should have been dead 20 years ago. You know, it's just some kind of bizarre miracle that they're still around. Uh, I mean, yeah. Keith Richards is... is I mean, he's a, he's a science experiment into himself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they will be unlocking all sorts of miraculous things when they investigate him after he dies. It's like, oh, that's how he did it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the geriatric tour coming up soon. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah no doubt.
0: Liquid cries, radio signs And now skin to skin
1: interesting. Um, you had Rob Bailey on keyboards. You had Alex Boyton, A-Train, formerly of Aolas. Um what, what does he play? He plays bass. Okay. And then you got Ron Friesen on drums. Are they Ross. still... Ross. Friesen on drums. Yeah. Sorry. Are they still in your band? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you have Sean um, from Winnipeg. This is a great yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Dillon. Um, well, you know, here's what happened. Um, when we started talking about, uh, you know, putting it back out on the road, and by the way, Strange Advance essentially was just was always Daryl and I. It was like a songwriting team. And and of course in the studio, you know, I, you know, you're, you're capable of like laying down extra parts, and and, and both Daryl and I could like, you know, add uh, an extra keyboard line or guitar line or or whatever it was we wanted to hear on the record. Um, so, so we were able to, we were self-sufficient, you know, we just cut all the, all the the demos and stuff by ourselves, and so the band was essentially Daryl and I, but on our first album, um, Paul Iverson, who was also in, uh, in Daryl's, uh, band that backed up Brian Adams, he came along, and, uh, so it was the three of us on the first album, then Paul left for the second album, and then it's just Daryl and I. So when we started, uh, uh, you know, thinking about doing live dates and stuff, of course, we had to bring other people on board. And uh, like Ian was there from the very beginning and uh, from the first date that we played until the last. Uh, So uh, anyway, um, when we started, uh, Daryl was saying, look, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, you know, he's got some issues to deal with. And, uh, and and it was like, you know, you better have somebody, you know, you better have someone ready to back up because, uh, you know, back me up because if I can't do it, you know, you're going to be dead in the water if you don't have a singer. Uh-huh. So I started to look for, for a singer and, uh, and found out that uh, although there are loads of great voices out there, Uh, very few of them can sort of handle Darrell's kind of approach to to vocals. Exactly. uh, That's the problem, right? Yeah. So I was looking all over the world. I was talking to people in England uh, in the States, uh, you know, and, of course, back east in Canada, and I thought, you know, a couple times I thought, okay, I've got my guy. You know, this is great. If Darrell can make it, wonderful. If he can't, I've got this other guy in reserve. Um... But, you know, that didn't work out. And and I'm like, now I'm just like, oh, God, now what do I do? You know, if Daryl can't do it, I'm, I'm I'm totally screwed here. So, a friend of ours said, well, you know, what about Sean? And Sean Dillon um, was a guy that I knew because uh, uh, a friend of mine who's an engineer was, was actually making a record with, uh, with Sean's group at the time, Noah Nine. And, um... So I, I liked I I would visit the studio from time to time and uh, and hear how things were going and uh and at one point I actually sort of contributed a little bit of keyboards to their you know, one of their songs on the on the record. And, and so he said, you know, what about Sean? And I was like Sean, yeah, I, I never I forgot about Sean. So, you know, we tried out Sean and everything clicked. So, you know, he's a very very talented guy great guitar player, great singer, and uh and and he's he's the guy. And then with Daryl, um, it became clear that Daryl wasn't going to be able to do, it, do the singing at this stage. So, you know, I was thrilled that, okay, well at least we've got Sean on on covered here, you know. Right. And uh, and of course, you know, I I sang, we run and, and a few other songs that, you know, we do and stuff and so uh, so people get, like, the original kind of sound, and, okay. uh, and of course, Absolutely. you know, but musically, it's all identical, you know, and, uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, so Kind of like, kind of like Kearney, where, you know, when Steve Perry left, they, they, they locked out with Arnell Perneda, right? Well, it's just remarkable, you know, I and mean, he, he does a great job, uh, of, of replacing Steve Perry, and, uh, and these things happen, and of course, I've always, I always, I always hope that you know somehow Daryl will be able to, you know, to get out there and, and sing some, you know, sing on some gigs with us. But we'll see how that goes on. But in the meantime, uh, Sean does a great job, and he's from Winnipeg, and and not only, of course, did I know him already, but that uh, he used to play in a cover band in Winnipeg, and they used to cover. Strange advance. So, you know, he was quite he was quite used to, you know, seeing you know parts and and, and and you know singing our material, so it worked out really well. Sometimes the universe dictates things that we don't understand at the time and then other things true. become very clear to us. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, so coming up in part three, we're gonna talk about Strange Advance Four. And uh, I know that you've got a lot to talk about that.